If you build it, they will come. (laughs) Fat chance. In this episode of Podcasting for Consultants, you'll learn all about how to distribute and promote your show. And as always, before we kick off, let me remind you that this show is brought to you by my agency, Spotlight Podcasting. We help with the launching and production of interview-based shows that drive revenue for B2B consultants. You record, we take care of the rest. So in our previous episode, we talked about show notes and repurposing your podcast content. And there's going to be a little bit of overlap when it comes to uh, promotion. But first of all, let's just start off by establishing that when it comes to audience growth with podcasting, you need to bear in mind that audience numbers are not necessarily the best metric to focus on, especially with a B2B interview podcast where your goals are more likely going to be attached to more meaningful numbers like revenue generated as a result of your show, referrals made, guests that may have converted into customers or clients, how many sales appointments made. It's not uncommon for a show to have very small audience, but do extremely well because it's driving more business, if that's the goal of the show. It's also pretty common for a lot of shows to have quite large audience numbers, but have very little to show in the way of meaningful outcomes or results. So you want to make sure that you are optimizing uh, for the right thing. Um, Also, it's worth saying that, you know, large download numbers are not always that likely, especially in B2B. Um, Podcasts are also one of the hardest channels to grow an audience for. Probably better audience growth mediums than starting a podcast. But as a way of building relationships with your guests or nurturing high ticket prospects, nothing beats podcasting. And for this episode, let's start off with where a podcast is distributed. Okay. As I mentioned on previous episodes, you'll need a media host. This is something that if you're working with an agency like ours, you don't have to really worry about this too much because we handle all this technical side of things for you. But Your media host, where you upload your recordings, will essentially give you what's known as an RSS feed. RSS, which stands for really simple syndication, is essentially a web feed, which is submitted to podcast directories and players so that they know exactly where to find your media to stream or download. And every single time you publish a new episode, that feed is updated, meaning that When anyone subscribes to that feed, they'll immediately be notified of new episodes. And in most cases, they'll also be downloaded automatically. When your RSS feed is submitted for the first time, there are several different directories it can be submitted to. uh, But really, the main podcast directory that's most important is Apple Podcasts, as most listeners consume content through Apple Podcasts. And so if we take the statistics that one of the largest hosting companies, Libsyn, provides... They tell us that Apple Podcasts accounts for 60% of listenership, followed by Spotify with 14%, and then Google Podcasts, which is the default podcast playing app on Android, uh, at 2.3%. And then all the other podcast player apps, Overcast, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and a bunch of others, they, according to Libsyn's figures, at least what they're seeing, everything apart from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts is accounts for under 2% of listenership. So it's really those top three that are the most important. 
Apple Podcasts and Spotify have separate submission processes. The way that Google Podcasts works is it will automatically find your show as it automatically indexes the web for any RSS feeds. Nonetheless, it, it is always still good to be on all the platforms you can be. For example, Amazon Alexa, Pandora, there's a lot of them. And again, most of them use the Apple Podcast directory, but there are a couple that have their own submission processes. What we usually do with shows is we do a full directory audit to make sure that all our client shows are on all the platforms. So one thing a lot of people wonder is, well, should the podcast be on video as well? And what we've found is that long form content tends to perform much better on audio. And especially if it's just two talking heads, then usually audio is where that content is consumed better. Where video does work quite well is if you take snippets or highlights. So if you want to tease episodes, video is a good way of doing that on social or on YouTube or wherever. One of the shows uh, that I worked with uh, through a previous agency had a very successful uh, YouTube channel where they did these long form uh, video interviews and they had us repurpose those interviews for audio. The reason for that was because their audience were asking for it. They were asking if they could consume, they, they wanted to listen to those interviews over audio podcasts. But what ended up happening is the audio podcast ended up being a lot more popular than that YouTube channel. And they eventually just switched to actually just focusing on audio only. And that's a pattern that we've seen again and again. Nonetheless, you know, there are some exceptions. I mean, podcasts like Joe Rogan show uh, that do extremely well, but, but that from what we've seen, that's really an outlier. So that brings us on to promotion when it comes to video snippets uh, and also audiograms uh, can be useful for teasing your content. We've generally found that video recording. So if you have a Zoom recording or if you're using Riverside, you have a video recording of some of the interview uh, to take a snippet from that and caption it and use a good looking template can be very effective. And we found that works better and is a little bit more engaging than simple audiograms. Audiograms are basically graphics where you see the text and you, if you listen to the audio, you can hear it as well. However, we, we generally find that the video snippets of interviews where you can see the participants tend to outperform the audiograms. That said, you can mix things up a little bit and have a little bit of both. Uh, some good tools. We, internally, we use Headliner and Descript to assemble these. And you want to make sure when you're putting these assets together that you're including your podcast logo, you're mentioning the name so that people uh, know where to subscribe. And you'll want to include the icons of those three top platforms that I've mentioned earlier, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. One mistake that we sometimes see people make is including a link to only Apple Podcasts. And the problem with that is you're essentially ignoring everyone who uses an Android device. So one thing you can do is you can either link to your website or a page where you include those different links for different directories, or you can set up something uh, that's known as a smart link, which essentially detects which device the listener or user is trying to access your show from. And then it will essentially route them to Apple Podcasts if they're on iPhone, or it will route them to Google Podcasts if they're on an Android device, or if they're on a laptop or a desktop computer, it will show them the relevant options. 
So there are services that will provide links like this for you, like Podfollow or Plink will both do this for you. And another useful asset as well is uh, actually QR codes. So these are barcodes which obviously uh, have become more widespread during the pandemic. And so a lot more people know how to use them now. Uh, but essentially, there are codes that you point your smartphone camera at, and it will allow people to open a link. And you can use a QR code paired with the smart link to send people to the right listening platform, depending on what device they're using. And this can be quite useful if you have any sort of physical assets of any kind, flyers, posters, and so on. So we've spoken about the video snippets, the audiograms, the links. Now, of course, there's also the option of creating images to promote your show. Quotables do quite well here. So if you can pull quotes from your podcast episodes and particularly your guests, this is also quite a good way of showcasing your, your guest point of views or the best parts from your podcast to, again, tease the episodes. And it also gives you an opportunity to leverage some of your guests' audience by tagging your guests on social media and also making sure that you follow up with them so that you have follow-up email templates where you can provide suggested copy for people to use on social media, images or suggested copy for them to use for social media or for their email list, as well as those images and links to any of your own posts on social media if you'd like them to share or retweet. All that said, when it comes to social media, that content realistically is going to be useful for visibility across your own and your guests network and for staying top of mind. But just so you have the right expectations, it probably won't translate to a lot of downloads. And the reason for that is that the majority of social media users are not podcast listeners. Um, so if we go by one of the most authoritative surveys on podcast listenership, Edison Research, they tell us that actually three out of 10 Americans listen to podcasts on a weekly basis. So that basically means that when you post about your podcast on social media, in fact, seven out of 10 people who see that, they don't even listen to podcasts regularly. So that's reason number one. Uh, the second reason why social media posting doesn't necessarily translate to downloads is the context in which people usually consume social media doesn't usually lend itself too well to consuming long form content. The default behavior when people browse uh, social media apps, especially on mobile, is they scroll. They scroll through their feeds and they're consuming content in bite-sized formats. It's very unlikely in most cases that someone would decide because they saw a social media post that they were going to listen to a 40-minute podcast, especially if they're just standing in line waiting for something or they're just filling in gaps and moments here and there. And then the third reason is that these platforms, the main way they make money is through advertising and through keeping people's attention. So the algorithms are primed to prevent people from going elsewhere. So if you're trying to get people to leave social media and listen to your podcast, social media platforms are not so keen on that. That's one reason why it's a good idea not to include the link, the episode page for your show within the body of the main post and instead include it in the first comment. Because essentially the social media platforms will try and decrease your reach if you are directly sending people straight away. That little workaround by including it in the first comment will reduce that effect. 
Okay, so I've given you three reasons why uh, posting on social media doesn't necessarily translate to audience growth or more downloads. So what's the answer? Where do you find more podcast listeners? And the answer is on other podcasts. (laughs) Because whilst only three out of 10 people who browse social media might listen to podcasts on, on average, when they hear about your podcast on another podcast, everyone who listens to that is a podcast listener, is a regular podcast listener in most cases. So I think it goes without saying that other podcasts are pretty much the best channel to focus on if you want to grow your podcast audience. That's where listeners are. And how do you establish your footprint on these other shows? Well, you can guest on them. Bearing in mind that podcast hosts receive a lot of pitches, so you do have to be quite strategic in the way that you reach out to podcasts uh, to get booked. And some good ways of identifying the right shows to target would be to, first of all, ask either current or potential clients of yours which shows they listen to. Um, You can also go to online communities, Facebook groups, subreddits, forums, and so forth, where your target audience hangs out and asks for their recommendations. Uh, So it it could actually just simply be asking other people for recommendations. That will give you a good idea of which shows you should be on. Another thing to consider is seeking introductions. If you have people in your network who've been on shows, reach out to them and see if they would be willing to recommend you to the hosts. Obviously, shows that are relevant to your your niche. And also, once you guest on those episodes, also you, you can also ask them if they would be willing to introduce you to other hosts as well. Another unexpected a good place to do your research is to actually go on Amazon and find books that address topics that are relevant to your niche and see which podcasts the authors have been on. It's also worth paying attention to the customers also bought items by section. And when you're searching for shows, there are also some really great uh, web directories. Listen Notes is a good one uh, that will pull out a lot of information for you. Uh, Rephonic is another And those directories will give you an indication of how popular the show is, uh, will allow you to prioritize. And I think if you pay a subscription fee, they'll give you the contact details of the hosts as well. Although if you're comfortable with reading code, you can also just use the RSS feed address and just search for the emails in that code. So once you've built that list, you'll want to use a CRM or an email outreach tool like Streak, and you can start creating email outreach campaigns. It's a good idea to have a sequence of emails, try and keep them relatively short. And when you're making this pitch, try and personalize it. Try and see if you can identify topics that are important to the host. Maybe they're not directly mentioned in the title or the, or the description, but you might see it, them referring coming back to the same themes or subtopics within their episodes. So if you're able to provide an additional angle to that, that can be a very strong pitch. So you can guess, you can also try and see if you can optimize for shout outs or cross promos. So say, for example, if you have a show in a certain niche, good idea is just to reach out to other podcasts within your niche and see how you can be helpful to them and basically try and create a win-win relationship. But if you can, one of the great things you can try and aim for is to have another podcast host give you a recommendation at the very end of one of their episodes. And the reason why that's great is, well, so there are what's known as pre-roll, mid-roll and post-roll ads spots, uh, which people take up. And usually the ones that advertisers are not so interested in are the the post-roll 
ads, which are the ones at the end. Um, but these are perfect for other podcasters because when listeners come to the end of their listening queue, oftentimes they'll be looking for the next thing to listen to. And if they've just heard a recommendation by their favorite host of another show they should listen to, it's quite likely they'll go and check it out. So when it comes to uh, finding other shows in your niche, uh, obviously you can you know search podcast directories. Uh, my favorite podcast directory actually is uh, Castbox or Podcast Player. Uh, Castbox. What I like about it is it has really good indexing. It seems to index episodes and shows really really well compared to some of the other ones. It allows you to create multiple playlists, um, so you can kind of segment topics or subtopics or interests. So what else do we have when it comes to promotion? Well, community engagement, uh, finding relevant uh, communities to your niche, going in there, being helpful, engaging, building relationships with the people that moderate or run those communities, ideally interviewing some of the people within these communities. So really trying finding finding ways to, uh, to be helpful, collaborative, uh, and engaging within uh, those groups is a good idea. You can answer episodes or do roundups of discussions within those communities. There's also uh, top 10 lists. Uh, you can simply find or just Google top 10 lists of shows in your niche and reach out to the people who've written those articles to see if they have been willing to include yours. There's also paid advertising uh, where you can be quite targeted. And usually it's a good idea to target audiences that are following or like brands that have an association with podcasting. So maybe it's a, a podcast actually that they like. So you, basically you're identifying them as podcast listeners of sorts. Another way of increasing listenership is actually through the content of your own show as well. So you can start each episode referring back to the previous episode. If you phrase it well, you know, you can say that this is a continuation of a previous discussion. It will make people want to go back and listen to that previous episode. And so you'll want to try and drive that curiosity about what was spoken about before. And you can also improve the retention of your listenership by teeing up the upcoming episodes at the very end of each episode as well. When it comes to the content of your show as well, another good strategy is to, you could come up with a segment where you ask people for their favorite tools or, or books or so forth. And this gives you an opportunity of mentioning that person that they talk about, which increases the likelihood of that episode being shared by the brand or the tool that was mentioned. By using a segment, it also just makes it easier to <laughs> identify where that brand mention is. And I'll, I'll finish off with a, a little guerrilla tactic as well. Uh, that's kind of a little bit old school, but... You know, most people focus on email and social media for distribution and promotion, but a less noisy channel is actually using a phone for its real intention. And one tool you can use to send ringless voicemails is a tool called Sly Broadcast. So this allows you to upload your phone contacts and record a voice message for someone. So if you have a new season out or if you're launching a new show, you can use this to make an announcement and send that to a group of people. And as most people, when they hear that voice message, they'll be on their phone. Um, so it'll be quite easy for them to then just follow your indications and download your show. You can actually pair a voicemail with a text message that includes a smart link. So wrapping up, I do just want to return to like the very initial point I made that 
these are all great ways to grow your audience, right? But once again, let's just remember that in a lot of cases, especially in B with B2B interview shows, the goal is not to have a massive listenership. And it's often quite unlikely you'll ever get like massive numbers. But instead, you should be focusing on the revenue generated from your show and other metrics like referrals, guests that convert into customers, sales appointments, and so forth. If you're uh, thinking of launching a show and you'd like to chat a little bit more about that and the strategy behind your show, you can head over to spotlightpodcasting.com and book a call there. The show notes with all the resources mentioned, uh, you can also find them at podcastingforconsultants.net. Our next episode will be the final episode of this first season where we will kind of wrap everything up and answer a, a couple of questions that came up. Hope you found this helpful. Look forward to catching you on the next episode. Until then, take care. Mm -hmm.